Jesus, and we are endeavoring, we're on a quest to know Him better, to know Him deeper, and to find out who we are in Him. So we're ministering this last Sunday morning on a subject that I'm calling, I'm Always Right. Let's all say it together. I'm always right. Now point to yourself and say it. I'm always right. Now we know in Romans it says that we should not think more highly about ourselves than we ought, but it takes away nothing from thinking about ourselves as we ought. Amen. I want to talk about 2020. And uh, first of all, I want to thank my dear, dear friends, Eric and Michelle West, pastors in, in uh, Jemison. Thank you all so much for being our friends this last year and helping us get through. All of us have had somebody that helped us get through. There's nobody self-made. There's nobody that did it on their own. You just, uh, you, you may have been out there in the front and thought you did it on your own, but you didn't. Uh, he's a friend that sticketh closer, closer than a brother of the Lord Jesus, and then he sticks, he puts friends with us that are that brother. Hallelujah. I, I want to just uh, muse just a minute what Deborah Ann just talked about, about 2020. And I want to make sure that we all leave 2020 right, that we want to leave it thinking right, because when we close that chapter, We'll open up a new chapter, whether you're ready for it or not. 2021 is just a few days away. And I want to say, no matter what it seems like around us, that I've had the best year of my life in 2020. Uh, I really did. did. What happened? What was so wonderful? It wasn't a single event. It wasn't anything in particular. It's just it seemed like it was extra good because the storm was raging as we were going to the other side. And it was everywhere, not just the pandemic, not, uh, uh, not just the financials, not just uh, everybody around you with, with the, their liver was, had a quiver, you know, that they couldn't. I, I've just had a good year. And the reason is, is because there was potential in this last year. The trouble that was around this last year and integrated into it and the fear that was compounded into our nation and into the world it had nothing to do with me and you. The Lord didn't allow something to happen. It was all external. It was all on the outside. Nothing changed on the inside. I'm reminded of Matthew 25 where it says that uh, he gave his whole living to his three servants, and each one of them had the potential to double what he had given. We know that one did not, and so I would say there was a lot of people out there that buried their talent this last year because there was just too much traffic. There was just too much noise. There was just too much uh, going on for them to concentrate on their life. But the Bible tells us, not specifically, but it teaches that he surprises us with his goodness. And so when trouble comes and, and uh, the pressure's on and the challenges around us, there's always a choice. There's always a choice on every year and every event, but we really do notice it when there's trouble around. You have a choice of which way you're going to go. I hope you went up in 2020. Because if you didn't, you're going to have to do all your upping in 2021. And the Lord was preparing us in 2020. There was a capacity enlarging so that we could hold more in 21. I want to hold more in 21. I don't believe, or I do believe, there's not many years left before the Lord's going to come get us. I don't know how many it is, and it doesn't matter. We're going to live like it's tomorrow and, and, uh, and make plans like it's never. But uh, he enlarged our capacity because there when he gave to the three servants in Matthew 25, it said he gave it according to their several ability. 
Well, I want to be able to hold more. I want my several ability, my capacity, my potential. I want to enlarge it because it's up to me. It's up to me. Even in that passage, it didn't say, well, he made one to hold two, one to hold five, and one to... No, it was according to their several ability, what they had enlarged and trained themselves for. And so I want to encourage you all, all of us, make 2021 a blowout year. Just the best thing you've ever had. And uh, if the Lord tarries, we'll have even a better one in 22. But we have to just concentrate and focus on 21. He wants you to handle a lot of money. You say, well, God's, God's not into money. Well, we are. And we work and transact with money. It's a part of our system. It's not a part of heaven's system. But uh, stewardship is a part of heaven's system. And so money's one thing we steward. I, I want you to set your goal, not for a bigger boat or a bigger motorcycle or a bigger whatever. Not, that's not our goal, although that could happen. But to set your goal is, Lord, I want to be a steward. I want to be a paymaster in 21. I want you to trust me enough to handle the goods of the kingdom. I, I want to make relationships and find out where you want to send money, where you want to redistribute. That's a big term in our nation right now, the distribution of uh, redistribution of wealth. Well, the Lord wants to redistribute it. The wealth of the wicked is stored up for the righteous. Hallelujah. So he's doing some... Some distributing, praise God. Well, he's got to have someone that he can put it in their hands so that they'll take it where he wants to. You go, because God's not magic. He's not just saying, well, I'll just make it appear. That's not how he works. He puts it in the hands of the faithful, of the steward, and then they distribute it. So I want to encourage you in 20, these next few days, to enlarge your capacity so that you'll have a big place for God to put stuff in 21. And, and 21 will be an awesome year. It doesn't really matter. It's not that I have political insight. It's not that we have economic insight. That is really not relevant to this conversation. Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Lord. And the Bible says that it's the goodness of God that leads men to change. Well, His goodness has led me to change. And one change that I've had, and I hope you have too, was to enlarge and get beyond me. Get beyond me. It's like, I, this, this stuff, if I have any money or anything, it wasn't from me. I, I'm well acquainted with me, and it's not that hot, not that wonderful, not that amazing, I can tell you. But in Him, we can do all things. Praise God. So if you would, turn in your Bible with me to Isaiah 54. Isaiah 54. I am uh, inspired by this teaching, and that's the reason we're going to... We're going to visit it again. You may have come this morning saying, well, we want, a, we want a vision message for next year. If we stay on this one, you'll get a vision on your own. I don't need to. Nobody needs to inspire you to have a better vision. It's inherent in our culture. When you have the new year, you, you, say, I, you make promises. I'm going to lose 400 pounds or I'm going to... Whatever people are doing, uh, they're going to exercise. We already know that. So that's inherent in our culture. But what we need to know is how it works. And in Isaiah 54, which is a powerful Old Testament scripture, it says in verse 14, let's read it together. Verse 14, ready, read. In righteousness shalt thou be established, thou shalt be far from oppression, for thou shalt not fear, and from terror 
for it shall not come near thee. That's powerful. But the connection here I want to bring in here, it says, In righteousness thou shalt be established, and thou shalt not fear. So we've learned a connection in this series about righteousness, that it's, you know, it, everybody's always said the opposite of fear is faith. And I'm sure you could make an argument for that. Lots of people have. But actually, the opposite of fear is righteousness. Because if you know who you are, you're not afraid of anything. Because who we are is not afraid of anything. And so when you know who you are and you know, I'm the big, I'm the big kid on the block. I'm the big dog. I'm the whatever. You're not afraid of anything. And we are in a very fear-riddled culture right now. Very, very fearful. Well, why is that? It's because they don't know who they are. Even Christians and churches and everything, they're very fearful, generally speaking, of course. And you go, well, why is that? Well, it's because they don't know their God. They don't know who they are in the Lord Jesus. They don't know what's happened in the transaction. So just the, from the aspect of fear, this is very, very important that we, it's a necessity of knowing who you are in the Lord Jesus. So I've said it before, I'll say it again this morning. That is your job. That is my job. I don't have a job of prosperity. I don't have a job of healing. Those things are byproducts of knowing who I am. If you seek first the kingdom, then all the things you need will be added. Well, the kingdom is Jesus Christ in me, the hope of glory. Turn with me, slip over to Proverbs 28, if you would. I'm so excited about this new year coming up. Because I've had such a good one, and I believe it was a launching pad. I feel sorry. I do. I have sympathy and, and empathy for people that, uh, that uh, were under this pandemic and, and suffered under it, and, and uh, it set them back. But if you have a right attitude about it, you can just say, well, it, it stung me. But in that stinging, in that, I just, I just rose up. It'd be better if we just rose up with no impetus, no influence. We just rose up. Bless God, I've got up this morning and everything is perfect. My money's right. My marriage is good. My body feels good. I'm going to press. I'm going to press. I'm going to do something today. Instead, most people react like, well, I'm under it. I don't know if I'll get out of it, but I'm going to press and come out of this. Uh, every time I've been in the hospital, I, I made vows unto God about it. I will never come back. Every time I've been in a bank and asking them for something, and that's been plenty of times, I make vows when I come out and say, I, I will not come back to this place. So that is a one, one way of living. But another one is to say, I don't know anybody, and I feel good, and I'm going to press in. Amen. That's, that's who we are. Is we're not moved in one realm, the physical realm, to make decisions in the spiritual realm. We're moved by the Word of God. This is what moves us. We believe. We're believers. So it says in Proverbs 28.1, let's read it together. Ready, read. The wicked flee when no man pursueth, but the righteous are bold as a lion. Well, we've looked at this over and over. The wicked, that's really speaking in, in Old Testament terms of the unrighteous or the righteous ignorant meaning that they are righteous, they're born again, not, not in this sense, but who we are. They're born again, but they don't know it. They're righteousness ignorant. So they're no better off than the unrighteous, the sinner, because they don't know God will come through. If anything, they think maybe God's smacking them and teaching them a lesson. 
that thing about the goodness of God that leads us to change, that's, that's big news to most Christians because they think it's the punishment of God that leads you to change and that if anything happens, it's because God's trying to change us. Well, he's doing this, so I'll change because I know I've been bad and he knows it. And it's just not the truth. We're speaking of a man there, not God. That's how man thinks, but that's not how God thinks. So uh, it says, uh, the, the wicked flee, the righteousness ignorant flee when no man pursueth, but the, uncomp- the Amplified says the uncompromisingly righteous. Uncompromised. So it's not just like you are. It means you know you are. Are bold as the lion. Why, why, what's the lion there? The lion has no natural enemies. If you watch National Geographic, they'll tell you that there's, there's booger bears out there that could get the lion. But if it's just a straight-up face-off, the lion is king of the jungle, so to speak. And the example here is, is they know how it's going to turn out. The lion knows how it's going to turn out. If they don't catch this uh, breakfast or whatever, they at least know they're not going to be breakfast. So they know how it's going to turn out. Well, we ought to know how it's going to turn out. We're going to read the back. We're going to read the verse. We're going to find out, and we're going to believe. If anything we are, family, is we're believers. And believers do one thing better than anything. It's not think. It's not reason. It's not lament and cry and carry on and and, uh, uh, be a victim. It's that we believe, and we can do that. So uh, in this same light right here, the wicked flee when no one pursues, but the righteous are as bold as a lion. What could you do? What would your life be and what would you have if you were never afraid? That's a real good question. What could I do? What did I not do because I was afraid? What did I hesitate and was reticent, stepped back, withdrew? What, what went on in my life at a crucial point at the, at the crossroads, so to speak, where, where take a risk and, and, uh, and believe God and, and, and move in faith, go this way. But instead, I was afraid and I went this way, the safe and it's the same old path. What could you do or what could you have done if you were not afraid in a crucial time of your life? Well, you could just imagine the potential. Then a lot of times we see how it turned out. Other people were not afraid and they did it and they were like blessed. And you go, I could have been there. So what could you do tomorrow? What could we do in 2021 if we were not afraid? Well, the wicked flee when no one pursueth. So they flee. They flee the opportunity. They flee their potential. They flee what God has prepared for them. They don't enter in because they're afraid. Fear is lethal. It is deadly. And all of us have things that are connected in some way to fear. Some little artery or some little capillary that's, got, that's feeding off of fear. And uh, uh, we, we have to deal with it. It says in, uh, let me just read it so I'll get it just right. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress. My God in Him will I trust. That's who we are. The last one to know it is usually us. God certainly does. The angel certainly does. The devil knows we are. So we are the last vestige of the hope of of darkness. 
So what could you be, what could you have, what could you do if you were not afraid? The wicked flee when there's nothing really there. Nothing really there, it's just fear. Nothing really there. No, there's no real thing there, but they flee when no one pursues, when everything's fine. God's surprising us with His goodness. Everything's turning out amazing. There's plenty more where that came from. <laughs> and we're like, but, but why are you still here? Well, I was afraid. I, I wasn't sure. I'm waiting for God to scrawl it on the wall. I'm wanting a, a sign. I'm wanting the, the fleece, so to speak. So now you get the still small voice. You get the written word of God. You get the prophetic word, but you don't get any more than that. So let's look in Mark chapter 11. What could you do? What could you be? What could you have if you were not afraid? I'm talking about 2021, y'all. We're talking about, well, I'm going to make this, this uh, what do you call them, resolution, and I'm going to do better in this, and I'm going to do better in that. All of those have failure built into them. Because all of them have some sort of fear or some sort of failure or rejection or shame or guilt have those built in. So it'll be just like it was. We'll go for 30 days and say rah-rah, and then we'll sell our exercise bike. <laughs> but, it, but you won't sell it because there's a thousand on there that are all the same. Uh, you, you're not going to. I'm going to walk to the block, and then, you know, you're not going to walk. You're, gonna, you're not wearing out any sneakers in 21. There is, there's no way, you, because that's not how it works. You've got to find out who you are and not be afraid. I'm bold as a lion. I am not afraid. Demons, demons, say, say it with me, are afraid of me. The devil is afraid of me. Not how I have been, maybe, but he's afraid of that if I wake up, if I connect with Revelation, he's toast. Say, he's toast. He's toast. And I'm telling you, in 21, I'm saying the devil is toast. He's played on my playground equipment all my life, but I'm no more. I'm running him off in 21. I've had lots of failures, lots of things medically, lots of things financially, lots of things socially, relationally. I've, I've, I'm, everybody's had blowouts, and I certainly have. But enough is enough. And if not now, when... And if not me or you, who? Who is it? Well, it'll be Brother Doodly Doo that's so, he's on TV. Nah, he might or he might not. It'll be you and me that want to. So in, the, uh, in, in Mark 11, uh, just uh, we've looked at this verse over and over, but let's look at it again. It's uh, verse 19. It says, and the scribes in, in, excuse me, let's see where I am. Yeah, that's where I am. And uh, 18, 19, 19. Oh, thank you, Lord. I thought maybe it was left out. And when the even was come, he went out of the city. Y'all have to read there and find out what was going on before that. In the morning, as they passed by, the, they saw the fig tree dried up from the roots. Well, why, why is that? Well, because Jesus was looking for uh, figs on it the day before, the day before, just the day before, and there was none, and he said, it's, it's in verse, uh, uh, verse 14, he said, no, nobody eat from you ever again. And so they were coming out of the city the next morning, and they saw the fig tree dried up from the roots, and Peter, calling to remembrance, saith unto him, Master, behold, 
<laughs> he's, he's informing. This is the evening news. This is Fox News. Behold, Lord, the fig tree which thou cursest is withered away. There's something wrong with this, isn't there? He should have believed. When things happen to people, I've heard it, you have too, people would say, I can't believe it happened. <laughs> it's like, it did happen. Golly. <laughs> Who'd have thought? Not me. And Jesus answering unto him said, have faith in God. And for verily I say unto you that whosoever, whosoever, that's me, shall say to the mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea. And shall not doubt in his heart, but believeth those things which he saith shall come to pass. He shall have. Say it with me. He shall have whatsoever he saith. Well, there it is. So what, what have you believed in something so much that you said something? In other words, we believe unto speaking. Faith has its own voice. And so we're not just saying, I'm healed, I'm healed, I'm healed. But we so believed it that we ignore symptoms, we ignore diagnosis, we just, we have it. It's ours. What if, what if, what, what if what you believed until you said it came to pass? Now, how, how would that set your woods on fire? How would that change your life? Like, golly, it happened. <laughs> wow. What if you believed so much that you were saying so much, not, not out of the head, but out of the heart, you, you got it till the abundance of the heart, out of that abundance, you spoke. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. What if that happened and what you said came to pass? You'd want to do it again. Because we're not just asking for the mailman to be on time today. That's not what we're using our faith for. We're not, we're not asking God, can we not have cauliflower tonight for supper? We're, we're out there moving some mountains. And what if we got in faith about something until our faith would speak and it came to pass? Well, it says, uh, it says in verse 24, uh, Therefore I say to you, what things soever you desire when you pray... Believe that ye receive them, and what? Say it. And ye shall have them. What if that happened? Well, it is happening. It is happening. Sometimes we it's so normal or it's so natural, we discount it being supernatural because the supernatural has become our natural. And so when legs grow out and... And uh, all manner of things, uh, we lay hands on things and they, they are changed. We, we don't even think about that. Golly, look at that. Who'd have thought? My, my. We just go, yeah. That's how it works. That's how it works. Look with me in Job verse chapter 3. Now, that's a lick back. Who, when's the last time you've been in Job on purpose? Job chapter 3. Now, let me ask you this question. What if you believed until you always said, in other words, out of the abundance of your heart, your mouth would speak. What if you believed until it came to pass? What if it came to pass? What if what you believed came to pass? It's the same question. Look at what it says in chapter three, chapter three of Job, verse 25. My, my, for the thing which I greatly feared, 
is come upon me, and that which I was afraid of is come unto me. I was not in safety, neither had I rest, neither was I quiet. Uh Uh-oh, yet trouble came. Well, that's Mark 11, 23 and 24 on the negative side, isn't it? So it works both ways. The, uh, the, the Living Bible says, What I always feared has happened to me. I was not lazy, yet trouble struck me down. The, the English version, the, today's English version, I'm guessing. The, the word says there, And my troubles never end. Job said, I said it, and my troubles, he just let them open like a floodgate. My troubles never end. So here we have it. Our lives are a direct correlation, are directly proportional to what we believe and say. Now we'd mess around and we'd say, ah, I, I cried until I almost died. You know, you'd say stuff like that. That doesn't matter. I mean, it does if you say it all the time, but what's down here is steering what's out there. And so what's down here is depending on what I put in down there. So if I'm fearful and sitting around like Job, which he was meditating, his kids dying and his everything going on until he meditated, until he believed. And all of a sudden he says, well, look at that. The thing I feared most has come upon me and and my troubles never end. Do you know those people? And they're just they're like, how come I don't? And there's no hope in them. Because they're expecting it. Well, I'll probably get up in the morning and a, and a car will run over me. Or I'll, I'll probably wake up in the morning and I'll have a headache. Or You just go, really? Oh, yeah, that's how it works for me. You go, I'm not surprised that you have this kind of life. Now, we're talking about potential. We're talking about identification. Who am I in him? I know who I am, Michael Billings, but who am I in him? Well, the old man has passed away. Behold, all things have become new. So I'm not looking at studying up my genealogy or my, you know, what dad did or what my mother always. I'm looking at who I am being refathered from above. I got to discover if we knew as much about our spiritual life as we all seem to know or interested in knowing about our genealogical life. Not knocking that. I'm just saying if you're going to do that, you need to find out who you are in Christ, your genealogy in that way. So fearless. I'm looking at the word fearless because it's the greatest attribute, the greatest asset that you can have going into the next year is to be fearless. Point yourself with me and say, hey, you, be fearless. Now, see, that's you got to be fearless. You go, well, I, I, I need to concentrate on my prosperity and I need to watch that. I need to now be fearless and the word will work. The word will have its way if you're fearless. Now, the Lord gave me three words this last year, and I realized yesterday when I was putting this together that these three words mean fearless. What was the first word? It was the word stalwart. It means, stalwart means unbending. It just means rigid. I was there, I am there, I will be there. The next word is fierce. When you're fearless, there's no shrinking back. Oh, it might get me. Nope, you're fierce. It's like, you want a piece of this? You want some of this? Bring it. Just bring it, devil. Just bring it. And the last word we had was resilient. So let's say them together. Stalwart, fierce, 
resilient. I have a place in my Bible right there because I want to know who I am. So I put it in my Bible. So every time I open this book, I can say, let's review, Michael. Let's have a little review. Yeah, you are stalwart, Michael. So I talk to me. You are. You are fierce, Michael. You are so fierce, devils are afraid of you. you got to talk to yourself. And I am resilient. I've been knocked down. I've been pushed down. I've been through COVID. I've been through 2020. I've been through the lockdowns, shutdowns, the crazies everywhere. But here I am. And as far as anybody walking by, they can look, I'll be like a statue. He never flinched. The whole world was going around. You know, Jesus went across the other side. He said, let's go to the other side. And everybody lost it in the middle of the lake. What are we going to do? Don't you care if we perish? And Jesus said, we're going to the other side. That's stalwart. That's fierce. That's resilient. We are going to the other side. So you've been through a little trouble. You've been through a little storm. You've been through some na-na. Somebody, somebody called you a dirty word. Someone said, I don't like you anymore. We all got that story. We all have that story. Well, it was my kids, or it was my brother, or it was my mother. Well, yeah, we got that story too. <laughs> and if you don't have that story, we're wondering about you. Because that's, that's, that's what this life means. Persecuted for righteousness' sake, for the Word's sake. So, fearlessness. Where does fearlessness come from? We've talked about this. It comes from meditating the epistles. Now, the Gospels, we love them. Leviticus, we can even... Nah, we can't say we like that. Uh, Lamentations, ah, not so much. It's in the B-I-B-L-E, and if someone says turn to it, you can find it eventually. But where you and I live is, who am I in the Lord Jesus? And that's not in the Gospels. Now, that's the primer, that's the beginning. God loves you. And Jesus came and said, God loves you, and I love you. And I lay my life down for you. That's We need to have that before we can go and find out. We need to know where it came from before we can find out who we are. But the epistles, Romans, Corinthians, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, the, the little Johns, the, the Judes, the Titus, the Hebrews, I miss some, Thessalonians. You know the rest of them. Hallelujah. Don't, don't, I'm, gonna, I'm not even going to come close in case I leave out a whole hunk of them. But that's who you find out who you are. Christ in you, the hope of glory. That's in Colossians. Or Philippians. Ah, look at both of them. They'll do you good. Hallelujah. It's always good. So fearlessness comes from meditating the epistles of meditating where Paul gave us the Pauline revelation of who we are, Christ in us, the hope of glory. He who knew no sin became sin, that ye might be made and created the righteousness of God in him. If you'll meditate that, fear will leave. Righteousness of God. I'm the righteous. In other words, I'm standing next to him. I'm seated next to him. You want a piece of me? We just look up at Big Brother and say, tell him he doesn't want a piece of me. (laughs) And that's what will happen. But it's like, well, I think I'm a little lamb out in the middle of the forest or the, the meadow, and there's a pack of wolves coming around. That's how I feel all the time. You don't find that in the Bible. 
You don't find that in the new birth. You don't find that in God's plan. You have never been until you got born again. After you got born again, you've never been that. So grow up. Amen. Now, I want to talk about Abraham Lincoln. How many of y'all like Abraham Lincoln? I always like him. And you know he's a godly man. It wasn't just that he, he administrated well and he navigated well. He had a bedrock of the Word inside of him. So uh, would you believe with me that Abraham Lincoln believed in his potential? And I have to believe in my potential. Not to think of myself more highly than I ought, but to think as highly as I ought. In him, I'm something hot on a stick. Can you say that in church? <laughs> I mean, you go, well, that's, that's arrogant. That's prideful. That's, that's not right. Oh, well, I'm a worm just trying to get out from under this brown leaf. How do you like that? So Abraham Lincoln struggled to unlock his potential. Do you all know that struggle? To unlock your potential. In other words, the reality is not lining up, or the, the, the experience is not lining up to what the Word says. He, uh, for, for you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though He was rich, yet He became poor for your sakes, that ye through His poverty might be made rich. Well, that might not be your experience, but that's who you are. That's not what you have, that's what you are, that's who you are, and who you are determines what you have, what you can do. You, you're not doing anything. You're not going to be rich on the outside for long until you're rich on the inside in Him. You're, you're going to struggle. I'm going to struggle with symptoms and all that stuff until I know who I am on the inside, and then that will dominate. That's already dominating what I do on the outside. Job tells us that thing is going to dominate you. So Abraham Lincoln, he struggled because his experience didn't line up with who he thought he was, his potential. So he struggled. And uh, I wrote this down. Well, let's turn, let's turn, in that, let's turn to Romans chapter 11. Let's get out of, get you off of Job there for a second. Just turn a few pages in your Bible and get off of Job. Hallelujah. Romans 11. Let's look in verse 29. Let's, let's, let's affirm our potential. Let's affirm our identification. Let's lock in. Let's lock in and, and put it to rest who I am. Well, I don't think I should be, and I don't know what that means. And how's God going to do this? And how, how am I going to ever measure up? And all, all that stuff, like we saw in that restaurant that time. They have a problem for every solution. That is the church. We have a problem for every solution. So we got to just quit that. It says in verse 29... Let's read it together. For the gifts and calling of God are without repentance. What does that mean? It means he doesn't change his mind. And it doesn't mean that just because you're in the middle of the lake and there's a storm coming down on you, that he said, you know, boys, this is a little trickier than I thought. Let's go back. You know, you never heard the Lord Jesus say that. He just said, well, you're going to the other side. Say it with me. I'm going to the other side. Again, I'm going to the other side. One more. I'm going to the other side. Now, that's the end of it. Well, what about? And what about? And what if this comes? And what about my past? And what about my mama? And we're going to the other side. 
You, you got a story? We, we know your story. It's the same story everybody has. Everybody's been tempted. Everybody has fell. Everybody's got up. Everybody, everybody, everybody. You don't have a story that we don't have. We either heard it or we've lived it. And so we're not impressed with anybody's story. Well, I was, I was abused and I didn't have any. Oh, we don't want to hear your old story. We want to hear Christ in you, the hope of glory. And the gifts and the calling of God are without repentance. The, the, uh, uh, the Amplified says, for God's gifts and his call are irrevocable. That's a big word that means they're still here. He never withdraws them once they are given. And he does not change his mind about who, about those to whom he gives his grace or wisdom or to whom he sends his call. I kind of butchered that, but you get the gist of it. He's, he's on it and he's not changing. Uh, the TEV says, for God does not change his mind about whom he chooses. So if you've been chosen, you're stuck with it. Would you say that you're stuck with it? It's like, oh God, can we have a redo, a do-over? A jerky back. Oh, God. The NLT, New Living, says for God's gifts and his call can never be withdrawn. So that means we got to suck up, buttercup. You got to get yourself in line to do it because it's not going to change. He's not giving any passes, any allowances, no, no, uh, um, you know what I mean. In 1832, Abraham Lincoln lost his job. In 1834, he was elected to the state legislature. In 1834, that same year, he suffered the death of his sweetheart. In 1836, he suffered a nervous breakdown. So this is four years so far. In 1838, he was defeated for the Speaker of the House, state legislature. In 1843, so now we're 11 years out, he was defeated in his nomination to Congress. In 1846, he was elected to Congress. In 1849, he was defeated for his pursuit of becoming the land officer. In 1854, he was defeated for Senate. In 1856, he was defeated in his quest to become vice president. In 1858, he was again defeated for Senate. But in 1860, he became the president of the United States. So for 28 years... Everything defied and contramined his potential. Nothing lined up, hardly ever. State legislature, please. My brother could be that. My mother could be that. That's nothing. I hate to take away from that, but that's nothing. That's not like, ah, oh, I got it. No, you didn't. So here's what I'm saying. President Lincoln was right even though for 28 years he looked wrong. He was right. He just had a twisted path, a curvy path, a, a bramble, thorny path. But so do I, and so do you. We all have a story. I'm telling you, we all have a story. You think, you think, you'd like to think, my story is special because it gives me an exemption, but the gifts and the calling, there's no exemption. You gotta do it. You gotta find a way. You have to press in to who you are and what you have because of who you are and what you can do and must do because of who you are. Praise God. 
So do you have a story that someone wants to hear? Do you have a breakout where you said, if someone did know about it, that you walked uphill to school five miles both ways and all that, all those grandpa stories and all that. Do you, do you have a story that says, but I became the president? Because we don't even know the other junk. This was the highlights of President uh, Lincoln. You got, some, you got some stuff in your past? Sure do. I got some scary stuff in my past. You got some? Sure you do. Do we want to hear it? Well, if you want to tell it, we'll listen. But then we're going to tell you, but, but, he surprises us with his goodness. It is the goodness of God that leads us out of that trouble, out of that situation, out of that rejection, that defeat. It is the goodness of God that just keeps pressing us and taking us to the other side. We're going to the other side. River Church, we're going to the other side. <laughs> it's like, oh, it don't look like it. It just doesn't matter. You're like, okay, you used to have this many, now you got that many. And your point is, what does that have to do with anything? It's not even important. I, I remember reading this years ago. Of course, it's a tradition, but we don't know it. But y'all remember the rich young ruler came to the Lord Jesus and said, uh, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And the Lord said, well, do the Ten Commandments. And he said, I've done that from my youth. What else do I lack? And he said, well, uh, 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 give to the poor. Uh, give what you have and come and take up the cross and follow me. And the Bible says that he went away very sorrowful because he couldn't do that. But tradition says, it's not in the Word, tradition says that that was Barnabas. And that after he made a little loop around the mountain or whatever his life was, after having been rejected by the Lord for an easy path, he became the, 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 the man of consolation, the encourager. And he's the one that Paul used to go and evangelize or, or missionary the, the, the world. And so it's like he had a bad start, but look at his end. Everybody knows who Barnabas is. He was a great help to the kingdom, even though he was the number one fall through. He couldn't, he couldn't measure up. Turn with me to 2 Corinthians. I'll, no, let me just read it to you. Let me ask you this question. Because you've got to believe this. I have to believe this. This is what I, I... You may be looking for what the ten horns mean in Revelation and what the mark of the beast, where, what part of the forehead it's going to be on and uh, that sort of stuff. That may interest you to wonder if there was a pre-Adamic race and all that. But what you really need to be interested in, what you've got to know is what happened to me at the new birth. Or there really is no other quest or pursuit. What happened? You go, well, I know that, Michael. I know what happened to me. Sure you do in your head, your, your ascent, but it's your experience. It's what you do that determines or portrays what you believe. If you're ever afraid, then you aren't who you say you are in your head. When you're the righteousness of God, and, and that's the scripture I have, he had made him who knew no sin to be made sin for us, that we might be made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Well, that's truth. That's practically the most important or powerful scripture in the New Testament. It changes everything when you believe that. When you believe that, then your days of fearfulness are over. You're not afraid of anybody or anything. Because I am the righteousness of God. It's a legal term. 
It's not just like, well, he, he, he just threw, splashed it on everybody. Y'all do the best you can. It's a legal term, and it means to be brought up under. Hide in the secret place of the Most High. Brought up under. Hallelujah. And Romans 2.4, I, I love this verse. I just love this verse. It says, it is the goodness of God that leadeth us to change, to repentance. Repentance means to turn around and go the other way. It's the goodness of God. Now, I want to ask you, has God been good to you in 2020? When, when there was hell all around, we were parked right in the middle of heaven. And there was hell all around. Ask anybody and they'll tell you. What went on the outside describes what I lived through, what I, my life on the inside, but not me. It was hell out there, but I didn't have any. I had heaven on earth. Was there, a, was there a standing and having done all to stand, stand there for? Absolutely. That's who I am. That's who you are. Praise God. So let's just assess this. Let's just leave the year with this. That there is no limitation on my life. Point with me and say, there is no limitation on my life. The gifts and the calling are without repentance, and there's more than enough for you. What my life is, is just unfinished. If Abraham Lincoln had, had given up in 1858 or 1859, came to president in 1860, his whole life would have been described by everything up to that point. But most Americans don't even know about all that other 28 years. They just know the end of it. Well, we need to know the end of it. I can rehearse to you what I've been through, just like you, and who did me wrong, and who didn't do what they said they would do for me. And, and those that did, I, I, can, I can take it down to detail until tomorrow. But none of that matters. It's what are you doing now, Michael Ray? What are you doing today? Who are you today? None of that matters. And it doesn't. So uh, my, my life is just unfinished. You say, well, have you gone to the other side? I'm well on my way. I'm well on my way. Well, did you have any storms? Well, we had a couple of little dust-ups out there. We had a little few things that, that were raggedy and stuff. And it's like, but we pay no attention to that. We pay no attention to this. Pay no attention to those people that are just saying, I hate your guts. I've had a few of those. Have you? You may not have known about it, but they were, they were mouthing the words. You go, what'd you say? Hi, hello, how you doing? <laughs> you know, so my past failures, my past failures are no limitation on my life. The devil is no limitation on my life. People, we wrestle not against flesh and blood. People are not a limitation on my life. Matter of fact, I've been sent to people. Have you? They're, they're the ones that are like the, 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 the cornered animal, the raccoon or whatever that comes. You're trying to save them, and they're, but, but they, they'll claw you up and, because they're afraid. And, so you, you have to pay no attention to them. Uh, money is not a limitation on my life. Say, not money. Not a limitation on your life. I've had money. I've been without money. Mostly without money. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, uh, Lord, can we use this for an excuse? No, the gifts and the calling, they're on you. Find a way. Find a way. 
You can do all things through Christ. He's strengthening you. Find a way. Get through this. Speak to the mountain. Well, Lord, the mountain's big, and it's hurting me, and it's, it's in the way. Speak to it. It'll get out of the way. Well, I don't want to. Paul went through all those troubles, left for dead and in the, in the deep and all the things. And uh, he had plenty. He had a story. But he said, ah, that doesn't matter. Amen. Sickness is not a limitation on your life. You just got one leg? Well, just hop faster. Or come up here and we'll grow it out. Hallelujah. We'll put a knee and an ankle on that and five pretty toes. Did you know that? That's absolutely the truth. So let's put on the Lord Jesus this morning. Let's put on the Lord Jesus because the Lord Jesus paid the sin debt and Father, who is the arbiter of all, looks at us just like Jesus. He said, I got a bunch of sons in the room. There's my firstborn, Jesus, and then there's Michael, and there's Lynn, and there's Annette, and there's Deborah. He said, they're all my kids because he paid the sin, sin debt, and he looks at me just like he looks at Jesus. Now, that you can't wrap your head around that. Religion won't let you, but you can get this down here by faith. You can just say, that's true. That's who I am, and when trouble comes, I just stand on that. I'm standing next to the big brother. Hallelujah. Jesus paid the poverty debt. He looks at us just exactly like Jesus. And he says, Michael, you're not broke. Lord, I owe $60,000. I've owed a lot more than that, a lot more than that. But he said, Lord, debt is a problem. It is a situation. Nope, it's no situation. I fixed it. I think you're supplied all your needs. Jesus paid the affliction or the curse debt. Blessed is every one who hangeth upon the tree. He paid it. So I'm not cursed, and I'm not sick. The Lord looks at me, looks at you, just like he looks at Jesus, completely healed, whole, and healthy. Well, Lord, that was my main excuse for not getting anything done. Yeah, well, you've got to go find another one. That won't work. One scripture, and it's in Ephesians 1. Y'all stay with me. We're almost, it's my last service, and so I, I can't get back to you another day. I've got to get it all in this morning. Hallelujah. Ephesians chapter 1, look in verse 17. It says in verse 17, Yea, 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 that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that ye may know what is the hope of your calling and what the riches, here it is, and what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. What are the riches of the glory, of his glory, of the glory of his inheritance in the saints? So you got to, 2021, you got to take the blinders off your eyes. It says, well, it's been hard. And it's liable to be harder. Dr. Fauci said it's going to be a tough go. Ah, Dr. Jesus says, I've already, I already fixed it. Get in the boat. We're going to the other side. This is your best year. Could you believe that, that 2021 is your best year? Every day filled with surprises of his goodness. Every day filled with amazing potential. You're going to just have to hit two or three of the 1,000 that he's going to send to you and say, I choose this one, Lord. Amazing year. Every day in 2021 is an amazing year. But you're going to have to open your eyes and see what God's doing right now. 
You're going to have to have a big picture scenario, which is we're going to the other side. If I'm just here stuck in the middle of the lake, that's you won't go to the other side. But you say we're we're going to this to go through this. And we it's no problem, no limitation. Uh, You got to be free. Pastor West talked to me the other day about freedom, about Jesus setting the captives free and who knows the truth is free indeed. Ah, it helped me so much. So we got to be free next year, not, not say, well, I'm limited. I'm not free. There's a limit on my life. Nope, there's not. Uh, you got to declare survival is not in your life. We are not surviving anything. Surviving is a low, low, low bar. And there are people in the world that are happy that they got over that bar. But it's not even on our, on our ladder. We do not survive. Survival is not good enough. Uh, it's not good enough. We flourish. There's plenty more where that came from. And you know, we, we need to always be sure that nothing that happens today paints my tomorrow. Nothing. Well, I just lost my job. Well, my wife's mad at me. Or, you know, I, my investment went south. And your problem is? What's the problem? Get to the problem so we can fix the problem. I just told you the problem. That's no problem. And we would say that what we're seeing right now is not the end of anything. We're going through this because we need to help some other people go through it that don't, don't have a clue, don't have a, they need saving. And if you're over there flandering, you know what they say about people that are, uh, that are drowning and they're flailing and everything. If you get very close to them, they'll pull you under. But we've got to go out and, and drag them in. And so we will. President Lincoln was always right, even though he looked so wrong for so long. Oh, half of his life. I don't know how long he lived, but I imagine 28 years was the big end of half. Yay. How many of y'all have got this in a place where you can access it at home? Don't, don't raise your hands. This thing is so powerful. This is, this is stalwart. This is fierce. This is resilient. The company of the committed. You want to do something for you next year that will make every day turn out amazing? Get a hold of this. It's got six sections in it. And every one of them, will, it, it, it'll make your wheels turn. It'll set your woods on fire. It'll turn everything around. Lynn told me that he's got it on his mirror. You, you don't read the whole thing every day, do you? Yeah, just a section. There's six sections. Uh, I could read all of it, and it'd be a great day. But you ought to, you ought to take hold of this. I have Scripture for every line in here. And I, I'll pull it together for you if I can do that. I have Scripture for every single line. In. So you read the Word. You're reading the, the, the intent of the Word. Well, let's just put on 2021. Let's just decide. Let's just decide. Decision is the place of power. Let's just decide. I'm having an awesome 21. No matter how I blew up and didn't, didn't appreciate and didn't realize 20, whatever you, you, you may have come this morning and said, ah, I had a hard year. Because I've heard plenty of those this week. And even the jokes are like, did you survive 20? Sure did. But I'm telling you, it has nothing to do with my 21. 
I am flourishing in 21. I'm handling a million dollars. I'm casting out devils. I'm laying hands on the sick, and they are recovering. I, I, am, I am a revivalist, and I am doing the will of God for my life. The gift and the calling on me and on you is not changing, so we might as well own it. If he called you to be a prophet, you better get saved. <laughs> you, better get, you better get born again, and you better get the Holy Ghost, because he's going to say, next, you measure you up to the prophet, and you're way down there, and he said, ah, that's not going to work. I want that reward. Amen. I have hid my treasure in this new year, and I've enlarged you in this year to prepare you, as a good father would, for next year. And to prepare you for what? For my riches in glory in Christ Jesus. I have set my abundance in you, and I'm putting my good hand on you, and you, saith God, saith the Father, will be obedient children, and will walk like soldiers through the land. And you'll pick up that which is troubled, you'll pick up that which is broken, and it'll be healed, it'll be repaired, it'll be restored. I have set my grace on you to excel in 21. And so shall it be, I will raise you up to have a voice, that you will say things that must be said, because you will declare things, you will, you will, uh, you will broadcast things, the good news that must be heard. I will do it in you, saith God. Say yes to me today. Say yes to me always, and I will work through you. And the day that you cannot say yes, saith God, will be a still day for you. So say yes, say yes, say yes, saith God. And I will surprise you with my goodness every single day. And when trouble comes, and when limits are on you, and things aren't going well, you won't even notice it. It'll be like a pesky fly or a little gnat. It will be inconsequential to your life. Though others perish around you, you will flourish, you will prosper, you will eat the good of the land, saith the Lord. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Well, I want to I wanna say bye to broadcast. Hallelujah. Did we do that? We just did it. Hallelujah. I'm going to...